Hey friends, it's your girl Krista Janine and we are back for season two of Trauma and Triumph. This season is filled with amazing stories from women who have used their trauma and turned it into triumph. We hope these stories inspire, encourage, and empower you to live the life of your dream. On today's episode, we have Natalie Gamino. She is discussing how a traumatic experience her senior year of high school has helped her find triumph in her adult life today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Trauma and Triumph Friends. Today we have Natalie Gamino, and we're going to jump right in per usual. So, Natalie, what is one trauma-centered event you've experienced in life that strikes you as one of the most pivotal in your life? Well, um, I feel like this is really hard for me to answer if I'm being honest, because at least one event is very tricky. But as I meditate on different events in my life, I will say that the one that I choose to share today is not one that I've chosen to share in the past with a lot of people. I've only opened up about this event with a few people um, in my life, but I feel like it's the time, you know, like I'm an adult now I can, I've healed. Um, but when I was 18, I turned 18 in February and it was April. I was driving to school. I was still a senior. I was like, you know, like one of the older seniors in high school, I was driving to school in my stepdad's pickup. Um, cause I had, I didn't have my own car at the time. I had to borrow, um, a car. And, um, as I was making a left turn, I hit a pedestrian. So, um, that was a very traumatic moment. Like in the moment, it was very traumatic for me, but I feel like what it led to was really what was like the factor that changed my life forever. Um, and I think that, what I mean by that is that accident caused me to grow up so fast. Um, because of it, I had to do things like um, court hearings and I was sued for a quarter of a million dollars. I had to file for bankruptcy because of it. And all of this happened when I was 18. So when I was in college, like I, my license was taken away. So at the time I was going to a school that was um, an hour away driving and on the bus about an hour and 15 minutes. So um, that like was a horrible time for me to like deal with all of that as a, as a like almost graduating senior. And then going into college with that as a freshman was really hard for me. Because um, I like, who the heck goes through that? Like who's going through like court hearings and like, um, like lawyers giving you calls. And honestly, that was really scary for me because at that point I'm an adult. So like, they're not calling my parents, but I'm also not really an adult. Like I'm still yeah, like yeah. a high school student. So it was so hard because like, I would have the, the lawyer calling me like, you know, we're going to come for you where, you know, we're going to take everything that you're worth. And I'm like, I'm worth nothing. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Buddy. I have no money. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm still, like, I'm working at Foot Locker. Like it was, right. it was really, really, really tough for me. So I would say that that, that um, moment was a big moment for me, um, especially when it happened and then how it lingered. Cause it lingered into a lot of years 
um, following that. So. so then what I guess what happened because like clearly you didn't give the person a quarter million dollars so like kind of how did that happen how did the bankruptcy happen and kind of like because a lot of people don't know that like when you have bankruptcy it stays on your credit score for like a decade plus and it doesn't years. just like yeah, yeah and it doesn't just go <laughs> away right and I think people like lean into the idea of filing for bankruptcy but they don't even understand like kind of how it impacts you well beyond like that moment of filing. So let's talk, like, let's lean a little bit into the financial side of things and then we'll kind sure. of like go from there. I think the financial side was definitely something that impacted me the most, especially because like you said, bankruptcy stays on your record for 13 years, depending on which one you file for. Um, the way that it happened is I was sued for bodily injuries for $250,000 at the time, like if we go into it all, um, I was not like I was borrowing my stepdad's car and my parents didn't have the right insurance or didn't have mm -hmm. me on insurance or what. Yeah. Like I could go into that, but there's no I mean, that goes into like the emotional trauma. Yeah, of yeah. Um, so they just came for me. They came for like 18 year old Natalie and um, I had to get a lawyer. And I'm not even going to lie. Like at the time, like I didn't know what that meant. So I was doing a lot of my own research. Like I was not getting a lot of um, emotional support from anybody um, in my life, which was very tricky for me because I'm the oldest. I'm the first grandchild. I'm the first daughter, um, kid of immigrants. So like a lot of things they didn't know either. So I was figuring everything out on my own. And I remember just like looking up lawyers and then calling them and then being like, nah, we don't help you. We help the person you did this too. And me being like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, I have no yeah. idea what to do. Finally, I found a lawyer in the hood, um, right. on the West side of Chicago in Pilsen. And, um, they were like, okay, like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not going to go away. They're going to keep coming for you. You're going to have to file for bankruptcy. Um, and like, it'll like, it was like, this is kind of like, we'll balance it out. Like they'll know that you'd have no money and, and right. it's going to like go <clears throat> on your record in that way. But with that said, like that took years. So it was, I was 18 and I think all of that hit, um, like my bankruptcy, the solution, because I had to go through like all of the court hearings and the lawsuit and like what happens and all of that was college so literally yeah. all four years of college I was dealing with this nobody knew that was another thing right like, yeah I was like and I met you in college so yeah. like, I like I knew you had filed for bankruptcy I just didn't know why yeah and I think the why of course is like very personal but I'm at the point in my life where like I was a kid and it was very it was a very hard like reality for me um I remember that day still which is wild but once I got to like graduating college um I remember I got like a notice in the mail that was like if you don't do this like if you don't pay this like your licenses I think which one's so bad the worst one not it, uh they're suspended and then the other one um like you can't or whatever yeah revoked your license are revoked you can't, so I, like, you can't drive at all yeah, yeah I could not drive at all so they took it all so then I had a car at the time I had to sell my car I was like what's the point of having a car I was paying off like my insurance like it was a it was a hoopty it was my little Honda like Civic and I remember 
being so depressed. Like I remember like depression hit me. Um, uh, I just, I didn't know what to do. So contacted the lawyer again. They told me bankruptcy was probably my best option. And I was really scared because like my whole life, like I have been really good with money. Um, so then when I like filed, you have to know that that hits your credit like crazy. Like it hits hard. And when we started, when I started looking into all of it, I realized that there was other stuff on my credit that I didn't know was there because of other people that had put it there. And I yeah. like, like I was just like, it was a lot at once. And financially, it has affected me my entire like adult life. Like I filed for bankruptcy 12 years ago. And um, it's not going to come off of my um, bank. It's not going to come off of my credit report until next year. So as a 33 year old woman, it is still on there. And every time, like I can make as much money as I want, but like, it's still on my credit report. So I've needed every time that I've like moved into a, an apartment, the stress of like not getting approved or like having to explain to my roommates, like, Hey, like, can we figure something out? And like also being very vulnerable and sharing that as like a 20 something year old <clears throat> or like a, at, the, at one point, like a 30 something year old with bad credit and being like, this is what happened. And this is still on my credit. And like, I promise you I'm good with money. It's just, it's on there because of this reason. It's a very, very vulnerable state. And um, I still deal with it, but I will say the first time that I got approved for my, uh, like a credit card, uh, which was a secured credit card. Another thing that, you, that I learned, like I couldn't even get a real credit card. I had to get a secured right. credit card, which is like the kind that you pay, like you put money on mm -hmm. so that you start building credit. So like my credit was probably like in the low 500s mm -hmm. and it has taken me years for it to not be in the 500s and not be in the 600s and finally like being in the 700s and being like confident in that and hella proud. Like I'm like, and I, man, the way that I was jealous of people who are like, my parents started building my credit when I was a kid. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. But like, there was just like, there was a lot of like insecurity around that. Cause it didn't matter like how much money I was making or like <clears throat> how good I was with my money, how much I saved, like all that. Yeah. And then I guess the other question that I have even building on that is just like, so then once you filed for bankruptcy, did like the lawsuit go away? Like kind of how did that work? It does. It, it just kind of goes away. Cause they, it was like a specific, you have to file a specific type of way so that it's like, um, Ba like pretty much saying like Natalie has no like she's worth nothing and yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's like what it was and of course they tell like all I've had like one credit card at the time but like they tell your credit card like all of the collectors and all of that but they have to also tell like the lawyers and be like there's nothing that you can like get out of her like she has filed for chapter 13 so this is where she's at financially and it just, it kind of goes away. And there was like times where I would get, um, uh, what is it called when people try to make you feel bad about something when they're trying to like, like guilt you into like guilt calls. Yeah. Like guilt calls uh, kind of, I'm trying to think of a better word, but yeah, like 
from like the lawyer. And I'm like, I, I understand, like, I, I'm so sorry that like, I can't pay, but like, I really cannot pay right? Um, yeah. this woman. Like, I don't, they're like, we're going to come after everything like that you have for like ever. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to like. It's also like, you can't like, <laughs> this is why I don't like lawyers. Anyway, <clears throat> that's a whole different story, but I think it's so interesting too, because like it gets into so many layers of just one, not having like parents that understand like the law, I mean, the legal system in America, not understanding the insurance system in America. Cause had you been on your like stepdad's insurance, you would not have had to deal with this and like so many other like layers to it. So getting into like kind of the emotional side of things, and how you were just like ill prepared for a moment like this, like in your life from, from that standpoint, where to your point, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, my parents Help set me. me up for X, Y, and Z or, oh, my, like I was on my parents' insurance, like car insurance for until I was out of college, I was on my parents' car insurance. So, I mean, those are like kind of the safety nets, like a lot of people have, and you didn't have that. So like from an emotional standpoint, like how kind of did that impact you as you were going through this? Cause like you said, you didn't have anybody that could really support you cause they didn't know either. I think that's the hot, when I think about this moment, um, besides the financial, I think the realization as an 18 year old going into like adulthood for me was that. <clears throat> unfortunately like I just didn't have and I know that like telling my story is gonna like probably hurt some people at some time at some point um I've thought I've talked about this in therapy <laughs> but I didn't have that like when I went to when I went to court I went to court by myself um or with my friends uh I have one friend that like has been there since high school. And she literally was the one that was there in court with me. Um, but like my parents didn't come with me. Um, I didn't have their financial support in all of this. Like they didn't help me find a lawyer. They didn't help me. Like, I think besides them just not knowing, like they also just weren't really there for me. Um, and I think a lot of, I mean, these are all assumptions, but like a lot of people, my entire life have thought like Natalie's got it. Like she, she could figure it out. She's a big girl. Um, but I was, I was a kid. Like I was still like yeah. young and I, I definitely felt alone in those times. And I feel like I, it, it continued to just feel that way. Like when I didn't have a car, um, and I mean, when I didn't have a license, which in turn turned into me, but not being able to drive, like having to like take bus, like five, buses to get somewhere like four buses to get somewhere feeling so alone and feeling like wow I have to always do this by myself like I have to figure all of this out on my own like nobody's there to ever help me it was also like reflecting back on it is also like one of those things where like my my relationship with my parents was very unique you know like um it wasn't uh one that where I felt like very like um supported and protected mm. and I think that's hard to like think about um they had other things like they wanted they had other like ways of like showing it I guess like they wanted to like provide they were providers mm -hmm. um but yeah I didn't I never had that and I think that 
I felt that the most in these times. Like, and I think during, during that time as well, because I was going through a lot of things that I feel like, like children, meaning like children be, being like of parents, like, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. child, like I keep thinking, like, I know I was 18 and like, as that scene as like an adult, but like, I feel like still like 18 year olds or like you said, like well into college, like you felt like the support of your parents, like they would be there, they would drop you off. They would like pick you up. They would like support you throughout whatever. We'll it with, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and I, I definitely hear what you're saying. So my, are your parents like first, are you first generation? Like, I am. I'm my, um, I am. I grew up interesting. Uh, my mom is, she was born in Mexico, but she moved to the United States when she was five. So okay. she's like what most people like think of like first generation because like a lot of the things that are like, oh, you grew up doing like, like reading things for your parents. Like my mom spoke English. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't deal with a lot of that. And then my stepdad was born in Cuba, but he also came when he was super young. So like both of them are, are bilingual and, um, but I'm technically still first generation because they were both born in those born countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess because like just helping people kind of like understand like where everything kind of like lands. And I know like a lot of it, it's it's so funny. So I recorded my episode for the end of the season already with another friend. And we were talking a lot about parents too and how even though like parents try like oftentimes they hit the mark and they can't give you what they don't have right and it's like it's hard to reconcile as a child when you see other people whose parents can give them what you want <laughs> and you're like but damn my parents don't have that to give to me like whether it's financially emotionally like whatever it still is like one of those situations where like well fuck like how did I end up in the situation and nobody else did um and like not to be dramatic but like <laughs> I think we all have those moments right where it's like why is this my like kind of story why is this how like how I ended up yeah so that all being said like kind of how <laughs> how do you reconcile with that sort of like seeing especially like going to a school like DePaul or like living and navigating through spaces where there are people who have like privilege beyond just being like white, but financial privilege, privilege of like just understanding, you know, what it is to have like that emotional support from your parents. Like there's so many different things that you're exposed to as an adult yeah. that you're not exposed to as a child because you think everybody, well, shit, everybody lives like I live, like, you know, <laughs> so like, how has that like kind of reconciled like within you understanding like yeah I love my parents whatever they did the best they could but like they still just missed the mark in certain areas I mean if I'm being honest therapy has been, has yeah. been the most helpful I think a lot of times or maybe just personally I've um I kind of ignored or like erased certain things um, about like my childhood. Um, but tapping back into that has been very important to me. I think as just like in my healing journey, because um, I've made excuses for a lot of people and also like have tried, especially now and being in my thirties and realizing like I, my mom had me when she was 19. So for me, 
like thinking about the fact that like when my mother was 29, she already had four daughters. Like I, she was, she was so young, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I have to think about like, I try to like think about where I was um, emotionally during certain years in life. So like, if I was 10, my mom was only 29, you know, like, yeah. I was like, oh, like she was doing a lot of things that a young person would be doing, you know, like where, like some of us are like, or I mean, not, I'm not really partying, but like in her, like she was 19, like in, when she was 21, she already had two kids. When she was 26, she already had three kids. Like, I'm like, I was party like I was like I was doing my thing like I wasn't even worried about children so like just thinking about that like putting things into perspective and just being like she was young like she was doing what she could do um my stepdad came into my life when I was five years old so like he was also young like they were they were just trying to like make ends meet you know and Mm -hmm. Um, that made me grow up really, really fast. Like I was, I had three younger sisters that I was living with. um, And the healing journey continues, I would say, like, it's not something that, that um, I can say that I fully have healed from. I, I don't even know when I realized that I needed to heal from that. Um, But what I will say is the way that I think about life in the future for me I have no children so like thinking about like healing that before I go into making some like make like creating a family of my own so that I don't necessarily make those mistakes you know like that I that I work through this like trauma or this um these experiences that I've had and slowly like like honestly like come to terms with how much they hurt me or like how much they like affected me and why I'm so closed off or like why I don't open up or like why I'm so um like uh go with the flow because I never wanted to shake things up right and I used to be like this is my superpower like I I'm cool like I'm lenient like we could do this and then people take advantage of you and then you're like oh damn yeah (laughs) that's for sure do you feel like your mom having kids so young kind of has like deterred you from having kids? <laughs> yeah. Like so young. Yeah. I honestly like 1 million, like I don't even, when I was a teenager first and foremost, like I was like, I'm not even having sex. Like I was <laughs> terrified. Like I was like, I am not gonna do this because I am not going to have a kid. And I remember being younger besides like my mom there was also like family members and people in my in my like circle my surroundings that would that would assume that would make the assumption like like oh like she's gonna fuck up she's gonna have a kid sorry I don't even find if I can curse on here but like she's gonna have a kid like young and then blah 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 and it was like my life's purpose to not like it was like I'm gonna keep doing what I do. I'm gonna keep working hard. I'm gonna do good in school and I'm not going to have kids and I'm not going to have sex. Like I was literally like, I know there was other reasons why I didn't have sex young, but not having a child, like literally that is the best contraceptive. Right. So I was like, yeah, no sex, no babies. So yeah, I it mean, definitely, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely kept me from like even exploring it. And 
as soon as like I did become sexually active, I was like, IUD. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no chances. Like, I am not going to take any chances because I, I feel like, and I'm nowhere near 19, let's be honest, but I'm also at the place even now in my like adulthood where her experiences are like my experiences as a child and like her having kids young and not, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to speak for her, but I'm going to assume that as a 19 year old, she wasn't really ready to have kids. Like I want to be as ready as I can be, but not just financially, also just emotionally. I feel like that's super important to me because I actually just posted something on Instagram and I was like, you're not, you don't, you don't raise children, you raise humans. So like you're, you're, you're like a parent for the rest of your life, your life, right? Like maybe not their lives, but definitely your life. And that's something that like, I keep in mind um, as I think about that. I also didn't grow up in like um, a conventional or like a normal um, structure. Like I had like a mom, and a dad and a stepmom and a stepdad and step siblings and half siblings and full siblings. Like yeah. I, I had all, like, it was a lot, like there was the blendedness was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, I'm not saying that I don't want that for, for me. Like if anything, I think it makes me more open to it. Like if I meet, I've never been the type that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to date anybody with kids. Like I've right. never been that person. Cause I was that kid. Like I was the kid that like a woman yeah. already had when my stepdad met us, but it's definitely been something where like a reason for me to be like, I want to make sure that like, I'm ready for whatever a family, a a good family structure is when I do go into it. Um, And I don't have that. Like, I've never, like, I've never been ready to like, start creating that with somebody. And I never wanted to be a single mom just because I just, I want a dad for my kids. I want want them to have a dad, you know? So that was important for me. It is still important to me. Yeah, no, I feel that. It's so funny because that has, (laughs) ironically enough, that was never something that I like felt the need to have for my child. And not, oh my God. And not saying that two parent households are important. Y'all don't fucking at me because I will need your comments. But like, just, just for me, like, And again, it goes back to how you're raised and like your environment. I just never fully saw the importance of the man in the household because all the men did was make money. I was like, I can make my own fucking money. If nobody's going to help me raise my kid, then why would I want to deal with this other person who just comes in sporadically? Because like my dad was uh, in the military, so he would like be gone doing stuff TDY and then come back and like everything would have to like work around his schedule and like or even my mom wanted to go back to school there were so many things that she had to accommodate for him and he wasn't accommodating for her and I was like there's no fucking way I'm gonna have like a fourth child in her case right because she had three of three children and a husband I was like no I'm not interested in that and a lot of my friends moms too like because I grew up in a military like space and the moms did everything and the dads paid the bills. and like, thanks. That's great. Love it. But I was like, that's not, I'm uninterested in that. Like I always knew I was going to be financially set myself. And if that's all a man could bring to the situation, I was like, well, then I don't clearly need you. <laughs> that's all yeah. you're bringing to the table. Um, 
but I mean I totally understand what you mean when you say you want to be like almost healed before you have a kid because that was my like journey through motherhood motherhood too I was like you know I don't want to fuck up my kid and like that's really when I went on my own healing journey is when I became a mother because there are a lot of things that we put on our kids and we don't even realize it right until it's too late or until after the fact or whatever but I was just very aware of like what having a parent that was depressed or had mental health issues looked like as a child and I was like I don't want my kid to like experience that so I mean and that's something that I encourage everyone who is a parent right now is to deal with your own childhood trauma so you don't fuck up your kid but um it's interesting though that that's been like you know your driving point for even healing and before you have kids who a lot of people don't even um a lot of people don't even know that that's a thing to, that you should encourage yourself to do, but yeah. it definitely is. Cause you, and you, again, you do it and you don't even realize it. Cause I'm sure your parents have projected some of their stuff onto you. And if you say it to them, they'll be like, what are you talking about? That never happened. Or I didn't do that or girl. whatever. And you'd be like, girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's me, that's me and my mom all the time. She's like, that didn't happen. I'm like, okay. And I'm oh, not arguing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in a page now where it's like, if people have amnesia, I just let them because it's not worth my peace. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway. I, I actually, I don't know when the shift happened for me um, in terms of single parent versus not single parent um, because I was totally okay with it before. I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. And I think I started, as I started to heal, I think I realized that there was a, there was um, this desire to have a connection with my father. Um, and I had, my stepdad raised me since I was five, but I never had that like daddy daughter relationship with him. And then my real dad wasn't a really um, a part of my life in that way. So like, you know, when you think of like, girls and like their dads and they're like oh when I did with my daddy or like I sat on his lap like I can I do not I don't think I have any memory of ever sitting on neither my stepdad nor my real dad's laps um and it's silly like that's a very like physical like moment that I'm sharing right now but I I as I started to like grow and see and also date men with daughters I was like oh yeah like I, I want this for my daughter. Like I want her to not miss this part of like this beautiful bonding. Um, because I, I do find it very special. And I know that it's like, right now I'm just thinking about it as me with like my dad and a, a, uh, a father with his daughter. But I also think the same, like, um, if I were to have a son, like, I don't know if I, I don't even have like my brothers, I I didn't grow up with them. So like, I don't even yeah. know, like if I could be the person that they need me to be. And I'm sure I could. Right. And I'm sure that, like you said, like you step up, right. Like you, you're financially capable of raising your son. And you are also like, probably more, um, what do you call like mentally and emotionally, like prepared to like walk him through certain stages of his life. But I don't know, like there was just something in me that was like, I'd like to have a partner. I'd like to have somebody to like do this with. And as I started to see more healthy relationships, because I, I agree, like, I don't think that I got that, um, 
example of it, like growing up, like in the people that were like in my surroundings, um, there was like clear gender roles. Um, mm-hmm. But as I grew and again, like, like it was probably like seeing friends and like seeing other um, relations, like my sister's relationships yeah. and like being like, oh, there's people that like literally do this in partnership. Like it's yeah. not just, like it's more so like I, I think about like some one of my close friends and like the way that she does things. And I understand every relationship has its things. Yeah. I'm, I'm not blind to that. But yeah. seeing like the beauty of like a partnership in raising a child to me was something that I desire now. And seeing like if the mom is heating up the or like mixing the formula, or whatever, like mm-hmm. and the dad is changing the diaper. I'm like, yes. Yes, I want that. Like, I don't want to do both because I feel like, I I mean, I, again, I could, right. I could always step up and life happens. Like I could also be in a partnership and then that could end or whatever it may be. But seeing it, like I, it created something that like, I was like, okay, like when I'm ready, I would like to be ready with somebody that is willing to be a partner and do this together. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's how the majority of the population thinks. I just think <laughs> that I'm a little different in that regard. <laughs> and not that I don't want a partner. It's not that by any means. I just, oh. I never wanted to wait on life for somebody else, <laughs> right? It's like, I knew I wanted to be a parent and I knew I wanted to be a young mother. I knew I didn't want to be like a mother in my 30s or in my 40s. That was never my calling in life. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I knew that when I got pregnant. And I also knew, and this is and the older I get, the more I'm like, this was the best decision that you could have made. For yourself. Yeah. I knew I probably wouldn't have had kids. Like had I not had Chris, I knew that I probably would not have had kids later in life. It just was and, never and the desire changes daily. Some days I'm like, yeah, give me yeah. one. The next day I'm like, just kidding. I'm I'm yeah. going with my nieces and my nephews like it, literally even with me I'm like I don't want to be pregnant again I love being pregnant I don't want to have another baby if I have more kids I'll adopt an older child you know what I mean and that desire does change as your life shifts and your life changes and like life progresses mm-hmm. but my decision to like be a single parent was because I didn't want to wait on life for someone to be ready to like be a partner with me and I probably will end up in a in a partnership when I'm like later in life right who knows maybe in the next four five years we don't know but I just knew that motherhood I didn't want to wait on that person I was I definitely was there at one point like I feel like I was like just kidding like I want a kid and this is what I want and I think like I said there was a shift that happened within me where I was like I don't want to not I don't want to just have a kid. Like, I think that was right. it for me. Like, I, I was like, I don't know if it's something that I need to do because I, my sister said something. She's like, but did, did you feel like it was like a, oh man, I can't even, I can't even think of like the way that she said it, but it was more so like, will it be like something that like fulfills you or like completes you? Right. And I'm like, or I just like a to-do list. Like, yeah. And I was to like, have a kid. Co- correct. And I was like, one, it's definitely not a to-do list for me. Like I first, like I thank my sister, shout out to Jennifer for having Ezra first because um, I never knew that I could love a child that much. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, 
oh dang like what does it mean to love your own kid if I'm loving my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. this much you know um but I I think for me like the shift it's not like I'm waiting on it like it's not right like, you know it's like and yeah, I, I know what, what you mean <laughs> I, I get what you're saying like for me it's more so like if it happens that will be beautiful but if it doesn't happen then this was the way that my life was supposed to go mm-hmm. like there is a reason why I didn't have a child in my 20s right like there is a reason why like I was maybe just felt un, like not prepared. And I mean, I also didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like money became a thing for me where I was like, I want to make sure that I have money for my child. Mm-hmm. Like I I thought about little Natalie and I, this is what I call my inner, inner child. Like, <laughs> I was like little Natalie wanted to do a lot of big things. And she wasn't able to do those things because yeah. like my parents weren't able to provide. Like I still think about like how I was a kid that wanted to like study in Australia because there was mm-hmm. like all these like study programs and like that never happened. And that like, sh- like, I still remember that. And I'm like, yeah, that hurt, that hurt. In the- and I was like, I don't want to like have a child that has these big dreams and I'm not able to provide for them. I know that I can now, right? Like if I, if, li- if I had a little version of me or like, mm-hmm. if I had a little Chris, like, I'm sure that I could do that for them, but I, I don't know. It just, it now it just doesn't feel like I, like, I don't even know how I would go about it. Like you were in a relationship, like you, like Chris. Yeah. And like, let's just be very clear for anyone listening. I didn't get pregnant on purpose. Okay. Right. So that's not, <laughs> that's what, this was not planned, but I mean, yeah. And I, it and was again, perfect timing it you. was perfect. Ti- it literally was perfect timing. Like it could not have happened at a more perfect time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's more like divine, like, you know divine orchestration because I right. definitely wasn't trying to be a parent right but right. when it happened I was like oh yeah this makes sense and I had done all the things that everybody told me I had to do before I could have a kid I got a master's degree I was like yeah we're yeah, gonna be yeah. fine you know what I mean so it definitely is one of those things where like and I always encourage people like don't be pressed because parenthood is hard yeah, right? so, <laughs> so like don't be pressed <laughs> especially if like if you're because I have a lot of friends who are like on the fence about it. I'm like, if you're on the fence, just if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's cool yeah. too. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think it's interesting because your sister even asked you, and this is something I have to have my a conversation with myself about often is like, do I have the desire to be married because I feel like it's something I'm supposed to do? Or do I have the desire to be married because I want to be married, right? And I think it's interesting that your sister was like, so do you actually want a kid or do you feel like you're just supposed to have one? Right, <laughs> right. right. Because I feel like a lot of us, especially like in minority households, it's like everybody's just like gives you all of these life to do, yeah, life to do's. And you're like, oh, I don't know if that's my life to do, but like, thanks. <laughs> right. I mean, and me and me and my therapist are working through that right now. Like my, do I really want to, because adults be annoying out of me sometimes. I'm like, I don't want an adult partnership situation because people are annoying. And I mean, that could lead into so many other conversations. Like we have already went on a bunch of tangents, but the idea of like what a relationship should look like Mm -hmm. is so different in my mind than what I thought, Mm -hmm. like in my earlier twenties, like, yeah, yeah, people were like, oh, and a lot of people, because, you know, um, I also like grew up in the church. So a lot of people were just like, 
you meet somebody, you get like first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Natalie and blah, 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 and the baby carriage. Like it was, it was like this list of things that you were supposed to do. And it never felt right for me. And I was yeah. like, that's because Natalie's different. Like I never, yeah. I never, in that, I never vibed in that way. And I don't, I don't judge anybody who like, that is their desire. Like that is like right. a real true desire in your heart. I feel like the idea of a partner and or marriage or whatever it is needs to be something that you're like ready for. And like, it could also look very different than what you're used, like what people are used to. Right. Like I know there's like all of these, like, uh, like, I don't even know what to call them, like trends or I don't know if they're trends, but like all of these like conversations that have started, like my grandparents had been together for forever. And then it's like, yeah, and your grandma had to deal with all this. And she had to like ignore it and blah, blah, blah. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just using like examples yeah, no, I got you. that I know, but it's like that thing where like, do your parents still sleep in the same, in the same room? Like, how have they dealt with all these things in their lives? And we're, we are in a new generation and the generations to come are going to be even more like advanced in that way. where like, we get to make those decisions now and really define what re- a relationship is in our own lives and like personally because I'm also going through that in therapy it's like what does this look like for you like what it and I'm not like I'm just like like learning about so many things like I had no idea like what a open marriage was before and I'm not saying that I'm interested in it but like it's just interesting that like people are living these lives and that's their life like I'm like do you like I watch this thing with Tiana Taylor and I'm like okay this is so interesting (laughs) yeah and I do think that that there's so much like more intention behind partnerships now than there was in the past because even to the point it's like women couldn't have a bank account without a man and women couldn't buy property without a man and women couldn't do all these things but now we have the space and opportunity to kind of dictate our own lives and what we're starting to see is like men specifically don't know how to navigate that space of not just being able to be the provider and having to provide on an emotional mental and like spiritual level as well they're catching up too so I think that's why so many of us are getting married later in life because everybody's playing Mm -hmm. catch up and then like women are also just living their lives now like happy and single and like free and Mm -hmm. without the without the baggage or like expectation to do all these other things it's like you get to dictate how you want your life to look not how you need somebody to help you do the things because otherwise you won't be able to do them from like a legal standpoint you know what I mean there was a lot of like that happening in our mothers and grandmothers generation where they needed somebody but if you literally don't need somebody to actually just function as an adult human then the game changes the game changes drastically girl and let me add let me plus one because now there's also women that are making more money than men and Mm -hmm. that like if all you have to offer me is money baby it's not like it's not enough not enough like it's not enough (laughs) it's just not all that you have and I do think that like it's a it's a a just like a working of our own like spiritual spiritual emotional mental beings of like a man also being comfortable enough to be vulnerable a man also being comfortable enough where like man there's just a lot like there's so much right now but like 
being like, you're still masculine, even if the woman is making more money, like you are still like, you are still a masculine man. And it's okay that a woman is, has a little more like masculinity, but like, she's also a feminine woman, even if she's the provider, like finding all of these like new, like ideas of being is like such a big thing. And I think that unless you're like in that space, then don't go into something like if you're or, and I also think men don't know, <clears throat> especially men who grew up in minority communities, that's all they've ever been given. Like they haven't been given the tools to do anything else except for make money, right? And like, I hate to be so general, but like, it's very much so true across the board. Yeah. It's like, you're the man, you're the provider, you need to do X, Y, and Z, but they're not told how to handle their emotions. They're not taught how to be vulnerable. They're not taught how to even deal with their anger and their rage, right? Because they don't know how to deal with their emotions. So they really don't have, it goes back to what we're talking about with parents. They don't have anything else to give you because they haven't been given anything else to like navigate themselves. And, and there are men, of course, who are like working through that and figuring out, you know, what that looks like for them. But they and that's sexy. aren't Let me giving just put it. it out there. That's sexy. Yeah, you, absolutely. You know, you're working like, oh, okay. I and like- I think we're at that space where men aren't just expected to be like, the ATM machine anymore and women also aren't expected to just be like popping out babies so now we're finding like common ground and people are really starting to like be their full selves which is great and that's how you create children who then in turn know how to be them their full selves so it's like it's a nice space we're in as a society for the most part I mean there's still pockets of the world that are like lost in the dark but (laughs) for the most part people are moving forward in a way that's productive for everybody but that being said like how do you feel like you've grown emotionally mentally spiritually just from that 18 year old who like got in the accident and hit the pedestrian had to file for bankruptcy and then now as a 30 something year old woman like not even living in that city anymore right yeah how has that happened like transition been for you I honestly feel like I'm not that girl. Like I'm not that I'm not, not I'm not that girl anymore. Like it's crazy because the reason that I and I know that we the conversation definitely took a lot of turns that we just had, but like the reason that I chose that moment was because of how how much like how one event literally tr- like kind of carried on for so many years. Like Mm -hmm. it's still here. Like I'm still dealing with it today. So um, in these like last 12, 13 years that I've gone through this, I've gone through so many ups and downs. Like there's been like financial struggles. Like I've worked so hard. Like I've been humbled in so many ways. And um, I've cried myself to sleep. And I remember not knowing like not knowing what to do and not knowing who to ask for help. And now being in a space where like asking for help, I'm learning how to do it. Like I'm literally learning as an adult to be like, Hey, Krista, like, do you have time to help me with this? Like texting my, my friends or like literally having like conversations that are like, put me in a vulnerable space, opening up about things like this, where I'm like ready to share moments in my life that have made me who I am like that made me stronger because I had to like figure so much shit out like I've definitely been put in like positions where I've been embarrassed I think that's another big thing that came from that I've healed in so many ways 
because I, that young girl back then, like literally was reactive. Like if I'm being real, like in that moment, like that exact moment was a very reactive moment. Like I thought the end of, like it was, my life was over. Like I thought my life was over. I was like, I'm 18. This just happened. I'm going to jail. Like I'm going to like the so many th- thoughts. And then when it, like, when I got hit again with the lawsuit, which was a little bit like, you know, after all the court and stuff, yeah. I was like, that's it. My life is over. Like, I'm going to have to quit school. I'm never going to get a real job. And life goes on. Like, it's like, right. you can make it work. And like, it's not going to be easy. I think that's the other thing. Everybody goes through a, their own traumas. But like, for me, like, I never felt like things were easy. Like even yeah. getting apartment on my own wasn't easy getting a car like my first car girl I cried cried and I would remember driving that Honda another Honda right like I remember (laughs) driving my my little Honda it was a black Accord Ronda the Honda um I remember driving at Ronda and Shonda it was so funny because you know I had to rhyme I remember literally crying randomly because I'll be like I can't believe I'm doing this I can't believe I'm able to drive right now I also like dealing with like all of the like, my life is over, like, my life is so much harder. And I'm like, people, everybody's life is hard. Like, you just got to keep on, you got to keep on trucking. And I feel like that's how I've grown. And I've also been like, now I'm in in this state of like reflection where I'm like, I went through that so that I could also know how to do this. And so that I could appreciate my, like, APR, like, so like, people don't know, like, I remember my first car, I think my APR was like 20, like girl, yeah. it was wild. And I don't know if like whoever's watching, like, if you know about APR, you know, that's crazy. Like it was yeah, that's crazy for a car, but it was my car. I paid for it. I put down the down payment. I paid that baby off. Like it was my thing. And like, now I'm able to appreciate even as like, and a, a woman, like a professional woman with a career that makes a decent amount of money. I'm still like this girl that's like, how much is my APR? Like, how much is it going to yeah. cost? Like, oh, yeah. It's made me frugal. It's made me a hard worker. It's made me like really like able to like humble myself and in, in situations. And I don't own property right now, but I know that when I do own property, it's going to be one of those things where I'm like, I got to find the best bang for my buck because like I've gone through this transition and I feel like just nothing has ever been easy. Like I've always been scared of even driving. Like it's like one of those, like, I can't, I can't do that because you know, like I've dealt with this. Like I, I draw, I move through life. I I feel like in a, a more cautious way, but still Mm -hmm. like being like, like reminding myself that I can't like live in fear in a sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like, when did your like, because I didn't know your license had been revoked. So when did they reinstate your license? And kind of like, how did that even transpire? That was so crazy. Um, Thank God I lived in Chicago. Shout out to my city. But you don't need a car technically, like you can make it work. Also, funny, like that Uber did not exist back then. (laughs) I know. Like, that's another thing. Like, I wish, like, if I had gone through that now, I feel like my life would have been a little bit easier. But, you know, taking, like I said, two, three buses in snow was definitely a humbling experience, you know? Yeah. Also shed some tears there. To get to church and stuff, like, I'll be like, aren't Christians supposed to pick you up? Like, it was like, Girl, don't even get me started. Because no, I, I too was, had that situation girl, in Chicago. I'm like, this is stupid. It was, it was tough. It was a tough time. But so during that time, 
I had to make sure that like everything went through with like the, that the lawsuit was dropped and that, um, that I had my, um, I had to like prove everything. I had to like, be like, no, I went through this and like, I paid for this. And like, there's all the fines and fees and all of that. And I think it took, oh my God, when did I buy my car? I think it took years. It was like, I, I didn't have a car like in college, like I had to get rid of my car. So I didn't have a car like junior, senior year of college. And then my first probably two years of like working in a professional world. So like four to five years for me to actually get a license. And I like, I, oh yeah. Oh my God. I remember. Cause I remember telling myself like, I'm going to pay off. Cause you know, it's money. It's all about money. You have yeah. to pay off like all the fees and all of this stuff and get all the paperwork and pay the lawyer. Like, right. girl. They, they expensive the they lawyers really like are. little 20 something year old making 30k or whatever the heck I was making for yeah. my first job and having to pay 10k for a lawyer like it was wild um and I remember telling myself like I want to have my license by like by the time I'm 25 like I want to make yeah. sure I have like it just felt like you know like my quarter life sort of thing like I'm like I want to like have this done. And I'm, I've always been that person. I'm like, by the age of 25, by the age of 30, by the age of, yeah. like, I've always given myself goals and I like made it happen. Like I paid for whatever I needed to get paid for. And I remember getting my license, like, like in time for my 25th birthday. And like, then I was like, uh, like bawling, like so I can finally funny. drive. I don't even know what I was driving at that point. Right. I have no idea, but then Another I, Honda. Yeah, <laughs> now I don't have a Honda, but yes, I did. Like, I I loved my Hondas, so shout out to Honda. That's so funny. Shout out to Hondas. You can sponsor the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so funny. Um, but no, so what advice would you give to someone who's in a similar situation, who's young, who doesn't have the support of like family or friends, mm-hmm. and just feels like they're all alone navigating the space by themselves? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good question. Um, I would say one, you're not alone. That's like the rem- That's just a reminder. That's not an like the advice. Um, and I would something that I didn't. I feel like I didn't really do much back then was ask for help. Um, not just from those like closest to you, but reaching out to like maybe people that you wouldn't even think, and being also being ready for like people to to not always help that's always like the tricky balance where it's like you want to put yourself out there and be vulnerable but also prepare yourself for like not to not get all of the help that you're expecting so like setting your expectations um and I would say ground yourself with people because I although like I may not have had all of the support but like ground yourself with those people that you know really do care because they'll like that matters and I I mean, during that time, I was very like involved in church and I was praying, of course. So like if you have if you have a belief system like God or the universe, whatever, just like really tap into that, meditate and just find strength within yourself through that. Um, But my friend who was at court with me is still my friend who's there during the rough time. So like out like Nuhami, you've been there, girl. And (laughs) I could like really get emotional about that, but like, she knows that she's one of my closest friends and she was there and she was like the one that was like in the only person that was at court during that time. So like, you know who those people are and 13 years later, 13 years (laughs) later, she's still here. So 
they're the real ones are there just you just gotta scope them out so yeah for sure and I think managing expectations is like a big one too it's like you know you can't expect people to do things for you but it's okay to ask and if they don't do it well then you're still in the same spot you were before you asked but if they do it it, then you're better off right exactly it's like one of those things where I think people do get hurt when people (coughs) don't like help them even after they ask but it's like well you shouldn't be hurt because at the end of the day you're still in the same spot you were and now you know that person is not going to help you and like and I know that sounds harsh but it's like but now you have a clear understanding of who that person is in relation to you so you actually are still better off than when you started and there's no like muddy water there anymore you are very clear about how this person will navigate in the future toward you yeah um and and that's how you scope out the real ones because otherwise you won't know otherwise you won't know and you'll just have these a bunch of like fake people around you who can't help you ever or won't help you ever not even can but won't won't yeah that's so important and I feel like the other thing that like I'd add on to that is being being also mindful of people also having their own lives. Like you don't know what's going on in other people's lives and just being like aware of like how people are responding. Like, are they just like, no, I can't. Or are they just like, Hey, like I would, I can't today, but I can do this tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, because people, everybody's, everybody is going through stuff. Like we are, and a lot of us are hiding it. Like, we're just like, no, we're good. Like I'm fine. Yeah. Smiling it's through great. the pain. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. Right. But we're all going through stuff too. Absolutely. Giving them a benefit, giving some the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me just being a little nicer. Like, I right. Like, I'm like, oh. no, there's definitely those that are not going to be there. <laughs> right. And it's like, and not that I don't give people the benefit of the doubt, but my benefit of the doubt is a little less. Um, forgiving these days oh. the older the older I get the more I'm like okay but that's because now you know you know like it's like yeah you you have to go through that kind of stuff so I totally get it and like you're wiser like it yeah. at the end of the day like yeah all, exactly like, if there's somebody out there right now that like is listening to this like and you're 18 like it's gonna take yeah it's gonna like, take some time gonna take some time I'm sorry but like yeah I've been through some things since 18 like it's just like exactly yeah it's gonna take some time for you to figure out and it's like the overarching thing is like always trusting your intuition I feel like you were not taught to do that as like younger people yeah but the older you get and the more you really tap into your own spiritual space whatever that looks like for you the easier that becomes it's like it's like working a muscle like the more you do it the easier it is but if you don't ever do it then you're not gonna know what to do exactly that's why you're you're less forgiving because your your intuition is like yeah my intuition is like nah <laughs> yep like you're just like oh I, that was all I needed to hear like it's literally thank I, thank you that's yeah it's I true <laughs> because I mean because before when we were like we would give people too much room to play mm-hmm. it's like exactly. don't, play, don't play me no I ain't playing no games yeah I'm not playing games I'm too old for that like and and that's the thing too and I was talking to somebody recently um actually some other guests on the podcast they're coming out um soon their episode is but they're in their 20s still and I was like when you get in your 30s there are certain things that you're just not interested in even entertaining anymore no it's like you're just not you're just like ah and you and you don't even feel the need to announce it you just don't entertain it anymore it's not even like this big proclamation it's like okay 
and then people never hear from you again and they're like what happened and you're like life right <laughs> you're like life happened and I got wiser and now here we are yeah wisdom yeah. is beautiful got some gray hairs <laughs> you know I guess I do got a couple of gray hairs here I like I don't you. know I always dye in my hair I, I don't know what color my hair is anymore actually so Whoever is <laughs> is nearing their 30s, like I just want to say the 30s are the bomb. Like I, I yeah. just, this is my 30s are maybe lit. 40s. Like whoever's older than me, I'm sure they also feel like 40s or 50s are the bomb. But like the older I get, the more like yeah, I think the 30s are cool because you have money and wisdom. And I feel like the 30s are just another replay of your 20s, but now you're smarter and you have more money to do things. Yeah. And like, it's a different type of struggle, but it's not as intense of a struggle because you're not doing the same stupid. Well, hopefully you have yeah. learned something from your 20s. True, true. But, and then, I mean, everybody I know in their 40s, they're just living life. Their kids are going to college. Like they're, they're like chilling. I know. Oh like I look at my yeah, brother I... and sister-in-law, like, they're what 42 my brother will be 42 on monday yeah i mean they had their struggles they got married they had kids they raised their kids my oldest is gonna be a senior in high school next year they're financially like set they got a nice house they travel around the world like she does her stuff he does his like their life is very much so like settled but in yeah. a way that's like productive for them right yeah. so they're just enjoying life which is what you're supposed to do even from a work standpoint like my brother doesn't travel as much as he used to like everything kind of starts to like level out in your 40s nice I'm gonna enjoy my 30s for now because I'm yeah I'm, no I'm not I'm loving the discovery of things and just like being like you know just more comfortable in my skin like Beyonce says <laughs> cozy cozy okay be cozy um so last question before we get into our and then um or yeah. the and rather and then the and um question so what would you if somebody were to ask you like how would you define your journey from trauma to triumph in the situation like what would you say to them how would I define it I would say um that I had to go through a my triumph wait my can you repeat the tr yeah so trauma somebody were to ask you my yeah but what triumph. that yeah like what was that journey like for you that journey was hard it was a lot of I would say that um it was a lot of tears it was a lot of hardships it was a lot of loneliness it was a lot of depression and um coming out of that my triumph is a lot of wisdom which you we just talked about um a lot of security within myself for a lot of reasons financial and just um also just being very responsible um as well as just an outlook of what the reality of life is for people so I would say that it's a beautiful thing because I learned a lot through those um those hard times like I felt I literally always felt like my life was so hard and I'm like yeah it's not easy that's for sure but like, yeah. like nobody's life is so I'm just I'm I'm coming out of that now um and still man I'm gonna be I'm gonna celebrate once the 13 years are up I'm gonna let y'all know, know. Like, I'm gonna be like what? that's Good. so real 
<laughs> I know, right? Credit score is about to be off the chain. But even then, like your regard of being like, you know, everybody's life is hard. Me and one of my friends are having this conversation recently in regards to our kids. Actually, it didn't even have nothing to do with us. But like how protective certain people are of their kids and how kind of like, I don't want to say we're not protected, but like the things that we let our kids do, like other people don't, whatever. And I was saying to her, I was like, yes, just like it's hard for certain people to like buy sub curl five pounds and like other people can buy sub curl 20 pounds. It doesn't negate the fact that the person curling 20 pounds, that their load is heavier, even though it's still hard for the person that's doing the five pounds, like the person that's lifting 25 pounds is still lifting something heavier than the person that's lifting five. And it doesn't take away from me the experience, but I think we need to let go of this idea that everybody's life is hard some things are a little heavier than others and like and there's no getting around that and certain people yeah and certain people couldn't handle curling 20 pounds and they need five pound weights and other people's can and that's that's where the differential happens but you're right you're right girl yeah because i i really does bother me because i be looking at some people and i'm like bitch you could never fucking live that's true that's you could never that's true like you wouldn't know what to do they wouldn't they really y'all would cry in a ball yeah and you would just be stuck and people are some and to that point is like some people have gone through the same thing that you've gone through and they got stuck there just like me some people have gone through the things i've gone through and they have gotten stuck there so yeah everybody's life is hard but everybody's load is is different yeah. And, I don't, and I don't think we need to like downplay that because I feel like we do a lot of us do that it's like everybody's life is hard yeah all right yes but man you better tell me girl you better tell me that's true yeah. I'm not gonna lie because people couldn't people couldn't and yeah. like when you think about like the specifics it's like oh like yeah girl, that moment and people and people get stuck and people get stuck in in moments in their lives and they don't make it to the other side of it for whatever reason so don't downplay the level of difficulty that's all i'm gonna say appreciate that reminder girl yeah for sure okay now the end one day the end is gonna sponsor um my podcast i'm speaking that into existence yeah, have you heard of like skin i have i yeah, have so this of, is i love it this is the self edition okay nice and we're gonna do that one so the self edition is like you're supposed to journal these but these are just fun questions to like ask Okay. So here is a question. What do you love about your current reality slash situation? Oh, wow. Oof, man. Okay. I'm going through a transitional phase in my life (laughs) that I didn't expect I was going to be talking about right now. But um, I think what I enjoy about this this time in my life, this transitional phase, is that I'm really doing something that I've never done, which is focus on myself. Like I'm not, I feel like for so long I've been, um, for my entire life, if I'm being like, I'm going to be very blunt. Like I've always put somebody else first, um, in a way that I didn't think I was doing it. Like I always thought that I was like caring about Natalie, but I would be so concerned about hurting somebody's feelings or, um, not being there for somebody or um, being selfish. And I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm making changes and I'm moving a certain way where I'm like, okay, but how did that make me feel? Like, how, mm-hmm. how does this 
make me like I'm like making some shifts in my life like I'm I'm moving like my space like I'm um cutting off certain relationships like I'm doing certain things in my in my life that hurt that are scary that um are maybe going to distance me from certain things but I, the thing that I love about it so much is that I'm excited about it and the reason I'm excited about um the shift is because it's just how does this make me feel like how is mm -hmm. how am I going into this like even just like moving like my space and being like oh I'm I'm moving and like I'm going somewhere and the people are like that is so far and I'm like it is you know I am moving far and um I did it once and I'm gonna do it again or whatever yeah but the Long Beach is fun though yeah, but what is also, what is that going to do for me? Like, I understand, like, I may be further from people, further from blah and this and that. But like, I just think about like, but now I can do this and now I can do that. And now, like, maybe I'll be able to experience this. And like, even just like in my relationships and my friendships and the way that I'm like moving about, like my family, like I was going back to Chicago all the time. And I'm like, I'm gonna move different. How does that make Natalie feel? One, it hurts my pocket. So no, I'm right. not going for Thanksgiving. No, I'm not going for Christmas. Like I will figure out when I'm going next. Like it's just, it's one of yeah. like, y'all can visit me because there are some people that have never visited me and I've been in LA for seven years. So <clears throat> mi casa es su casa. So just the way that I'm moving now, I just feel like I'm finally coming into my own power. Like that's the explanation that I could give it. Like um, I'm finding that within myself. I love that. Okay, one more. So, oh, okay. what would you have to happen in order for you to feel that you've succeeded? Jeez, Louise, these are, <laughs> these are so hard. <laughs> My God. Okay. Well, um, I think in order for me to feel like I have succeeded, um, whether I have a partner, children, or ne or neither neither, neither, whatever. Um, I think that I would definitely have to have a place that I can call my home. I have, I've lived 33 years of my life in an apartment. So whenever I buy a house, I want it to be a house that I'm proud of. So I think that's going to be success for me. Like, yeah, I'll probably add in a boat or something, but like for me, <laughs> looking like yeah, that shit, who doesn't like some yeah, shit? like you know just some some casual I'm down. I'm but, down but definitely a home like I think once I like have like my big ass kitchen and like a nice like place where I can entertain I always talk about like holidays but specifically New Year's because like everybody like for New Year's is so tricky because it's new beginning so I freaking love New Year's in that way but um it's always annoying because you never know what to do on New Year's it's like oh do I pay $200 to go to this dumb bar or no, like what do I don't. do right and I've always <laughs> wanted to host like a really cute swanky fancy relaxing dinner and like when I do that that's gonna be the moment for me it's gonna be like I'm gonna look around and I'm gonna be like I like your sparkly dress Krista <laughs> cheers to the new year I don't know what year it'll be but like I feel like that's gonna be it for me just the yeah. house a good nice beautiful house that's oh, beautiful. I love it. So where can the people find you? What are your social media handles? How can they follow your life's journey? Tell them all. Yeah. 
Honestly, I am mostly on Instagram. So you could follow me on Instagram. It is at Nat, N-A-T underscore interested, Nat interested. Um, but if you do want to follow me on TikTok, it'll be Nat so shy. I don't post as much there, but that's what it is. Natalie with an H is my name, N-A-T-H-A-L-Y. Well, there you have it, friends. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Trauma and Triumph. And we will see you next week. And there you have it, friends, another episode of Trauma and Triumph. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And if you're liking what you're hearing so far, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. See you next week for another triumphant story.